When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes, think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words, eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. How is your sock drawer looking? I know when I open up mine, it is a sad scene. There's lone socks, holy socks. Well, guess what? It's spring cleaning, which means Bomba's Spring Collection is here, and they have new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They've got stripes and florals, all new, vintage colored rib socks. I love them. They are the best sock your feet have ever been in. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bomba's. Head on over to bombas.com slash bonkers and use the code bonkers for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O- bombas.com slash bonkers. Use the code bonkers at checkout. If you're in LA, visit the stall house. But when you do, make sure you're standing in a right side up pentagram. We'll get into all the reasons why and so much more on today's episode of Last Looks. Places, please. Last Looks. We're talking about Last Looks. We're talking about Last Looks. Hello, my buddy boys. I'm your resurrected demon serial killer, Paul Shear, a.k.a. Tall John, and welcome to How Did This Get Made? Last Looks, where you, the listener, get to voice your issues on The First Power. Jason and I will answer your listener phone calls, and we will reminisce about some forgotten TV shows. Plus, as always, I will reveal next week's movie, and at the end of the episode, I will share an exclusive bonus scene from our first power show live in Boston. Um, First things first, a giant shout out to AC Gravy for that opening theme. AC, I love it. And you've inspired me. And I continue to sound the bell, ask you to pick up the gauntlet, get in the ring and submit a brand new How Did This Get Made theme song. We are looking to just spice up the show. Maybe we will find a winner that will replace the amazing song That we have. I mean, we love, we love the song that we have, but maybe it's time for something new. Or maybe we could just rotate it. I don't know. Send us a song. Convince us that we deserve a new theme song. All right, so let's get into it. Last week, we talked at length about The First Power, a movie that Discord user Anna Geddon thinks could add the tagline, Lou and me and the devil makes three. I like that. I mean, it it very much feels like a tagline this movie could have had. I like that in this tagline universe, they're just calling him Lou. Like, they're like, we don't care his character's name. It's Lou. We know it's Lou. I mean, we know it's LDP. Reminds me of a story that I heard about Will Smith. A young actor was getting on a brand new show, and he said, you know, if you have any power here, 
You have to use it to get them to change your character's name to your actual real name. And the guy's like, why? He's like, because when this show is a hit, and it will be a hit, people are going to run after you, and they're going to be shouting your character's name. And it's so much better for them to be calling you your name than some character that you played 10 years ago. Take it from Will Smith. Any aspiring actors out there, when this strike is eventually over, just start calling yourself by your regular name on all shows. Why not? Why not? Ethan Hunt, Tom Hunt, Denzel, always Denzel. We don't need a a fancy name unless it's a cool name. Unless you have a really cool name, we just keep your regular names. Keep your regular names. Unless, unless it really has a good ring to it. that That's what I'd say. But, I mean, honestly, name me a Denzel Washington character. Name me a Tom Cruise character. Maverick. It's call sign. Man, come on. It's hard. All right. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into it. We had questions about the first power, and we might have even missed a few things. Here is your chance to set us straight. Fact check us, if you will. It is time for corrections and omissions. On this podcast, we do everything right. Okay, maybe not. Sometimes we get things wrong. Some of the stuff we just forgot. But corrections and omissions is where we uncover it all. But enough about me. It's handing over now to Paul. Yes! Rob from Long Island, always hitting it out of the park. Love it. Let's go to the Discord. W Revcam writes, regarding the question of why the killer didn't just possess the main characters and be done with it, someone gave exposition when they were looking at the catatonic guy in the jail and said the killer could only take over people who were more susceptible, especially from drugs, alcohol, and mental illness. Oh, okay. I think the cop boss was a drunk, but why the killer could have get the nun later? I'm not really that sure. Maybe she was already injured? Oh, does injury help there too? Okay, all right. I, I like this. Um, Maybe the movie's saying like, religion's a mental illness. No, uh, that's an interesting thing that I totally forgot and it makes sense, but I also feel like the movie doesn't fully commit to that. Uh, Kat uh, says, Paul rightfully, thank God, uh, rightfully pointed out how bad of a shot LDP was in this movie. But no one mentioned that in one of the many chase scenes, he aims at a shadow and shoots. LDP sees a still shadow on a wall and fires at it. Yeah, this is a time in movies where actors playing cops shot at everything. I I believe Lou Diamond Phillips gets out of bed with a gun in hand. So, uh, you know what? A shadow... Look, maybe he saw Roger Rabbit and he knows shadows can just like peel themselves off the wall. Uh, I don't know, but uh, you got to shoot at a shadow just to make sure it's a shadow. That's what I would say. Always shoot at your shadow. Um, it's like trying to step on your shadow, but more violent. Joe Tangelo writes, when Tess first called LDP, she made him promise that the killer wouldn't get the death penalty. She then got mad at him after he was executed. Now, I don't work in law or law enforcement, But does the detective that brings down a criminal have any say in their sentencing? I mean, I can't imagine they'd be able to tell a judge or a prosecutor how someone should be sentenced. Yeah, it it seems to me weird that even if you tried to lobby for such a thing for a serial killer, people would be like, huh? 
get it, yeah, get the fuck out of here. I mean, the fact that he was interviewed on the courthouse steps even is a bold move. That was something that we saw so much in movies like when we were kids, like, oh, you got to interview the cop on the courthouse steps. I, I don't think I ever see a cop being interviewed, ever. Um, all right, let's go to the phones. Greg from Montana, what do you got? Hey, Paul, I wanted to talk about the pentagram medallion that she wields in the first power. So uh, the pentagram was kind of co-opted as a Christian symbol once upon a time. Uh, and then it became associated with the occult with the idea that you could draw that figure on the ground with a circle around it. You could like stand inside of it, summon whatever demon and a demon can't get you because you are protected by a holy symbol. And then just like a crucifix, if you hold it upside down, it becomes evil or an abomination. So our guy draws uh, pentagrams upside down on his victims. But then when she holds the medallion up, the pentagram is actually right side up. But that leads us to our standard evil guy trope, where if you're an extra powerful evil guy, you're not as affected by that kind of nonsense. Uh, and he's able to grab her hand and flip it upside down and see you're holding it upside down to make the pentagram upside down again. So I hope that helps. Uh, love the show. Love you guys. Uh, hope to see you live someday. Oh, shit. You see, this is why we do this, because we love to learn. All right. Uh, upside down pentagram. That's evil. Doesn't work. Right side up pentagram. You're protected. Um, it's like State Farm. It's always on your side when it's the right side up. I don't know. I'm lost. Anyway, uh, Anthony from Providence, what do you got? Hey, Paul. Uh, I attended the first Power live show in Medford. It was awesome. I just wanted to expand on something you mentioned. So you did say that this was Easy es uh, favorite movie, but also he wrote a song called The First Power. It's the first track on his uh, last album, and the track features the line, See you around, buddy boy. And interestingly, there's a lot of fans on YouTube who have definitely not seen the movie who are debating the meaning of the song even 20 years later. Uh, so people thinking that it's Easy es uh, satanic prayer to the devil. Others thinking it's his way of tricking the devil. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, that's all I got. Just wanted to say again, it was a great show. Look forward to seeing you, Jason, and June again when you return to New England. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my God. I know this song. Okay, we got to play it. We got to play it. Look, people, we're all adults. Uh, it's an easy E song. Going to be some <laughs> explicit language here. But I love that people don't know the movie enough. This is great. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Uh, great, great, great. All right, Scott, hit it. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Shh, shut up, bitch. Fear not them which kill the body. Rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. Get thee behind me, Satan, and push me along. All this power I will give thee. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. As we walk through the door and backwards Heaven and art which father our Our father which art in heaven Hey, motherfucker! See you around, buddy boy It's a little taste, you can go find that wherever you listen to your Easy e um, Mike from Orlando, always love an Orlando call uh, What do we got? Hey, Paul, I just watched The First Power So the psychic's house, I recognize And I realize it's Tim Allen's house in Galaxy Quest and I looked this up. It's called the Stall House. 
and it says tourist attraction. So you live in that area, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what's the story there? Thanks a lot. Love you guys. Okay, so we actually did mention uh, it was a stallhouse in the episode, um, but I love this connection that you pulled here uh, to Galaxy Quest, which is something I totally forgot. Um, the stallhouse does offer tours to the public. Um, if you want to go take a tour of the house, let me know. I think it is uh, truly one of the... It, it's a beautiful historical landmark. You go on their website here and they'll, they'll tell you everything about it. Um it's a tourist attraction, but here's what I'll say. I'll read you right what the website says. It's beautiful. It looks just like uh, like how it was left at Galaxy Quest. The Stall House is a historical cultural landmark of the city of Los Angeles. It was deemed that in 1999. In 2007, the American Institute of Architects listed the Stall House as one of the top 150 structures on their America's Favorite Architecture list. One of only 11 in Southern California, the house was included in a list of the all-time top 10 houses in L.A. in a Los Angeles Times survey of experts in December of 2008. And in 2013, the Stahl House became listed in the National Register of Historic Places. Wow. Very, very cool. Um, I'm looking around. I, I may go visit the Stahl House. I, you know, the caller said I... I I live near there. I mean, I used to, but not anymore. Uh, that was like when I first moved out to LA. That's like kind of above the Whole Foods on that kind of Hollywood Hills area. Um, I'm gonna check out the Stall House. Let's go. It's a field trip, everybody. Let's go and dress as our characters from the, our favorite characters from the First Power. Back to the Discord. Lizard Breath writes: When Tess has the vision of LDP getting an axe to the head at the hotel, she runs there and does the exact same thing she did in her vision. Why didn't LDP get axed this time? Shouldn't she have yelled something different or pushed him out of the way to create a different outcome? Yes, this movie is stupid. I don't believe Tess. Tess, by the way, if she's a psychic, she would have known that the guy was going to get the death penalty to the point earlier in this. Oh, brother. Um, Dennis C. Abrams writes this. Paul wondered if the nun was in nun jail. It does look like she was in a monastic cell, a pretty common living arrangement for a monk or nun, sparse accommodations to facilitate a focus on spirituality. She may have even been an anchoress who are especially aesthetic. Back in the day, they were instances where they were walled up in their cells and unable to leave. Now that is devotion. Um, it felt like she was walled up in there because she only had that little, that little like keyhole to look out of or that little door slot. Um, all right, let's find out. Was that nun and anchoress? Um, I didn't even know what an anchoress was, but walled up in their cells. Does that mean like they put the cement bricks there and then how do they get food in? I don't know. Probably not the first to point this out, but the first power sounds a lot like the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington, which came out eight years later. Okay, now... Scott notes, he told me, but Zaro is right, because here's the plot description of Fallen. After witnessing the execution of a serial killer, Edgar Reese, who he arrested, Detective John Hobbs and his partner, Jonesy, are soon investigating another murderer whose M.O. is eerily similar to Reese's. Okay, the trail leads to an unlikely foe, a demon who can leap from person to person and possess them at will. Fallen? When did Denzel make this? Fallen has a 40% score on Rotten Tomatoes compared to First Power's 25, which means, I think, somebody call Averill. We got to do 
<laughs> and we got to do it. I think we got to do Fallen. All right. So many great corrections and omissions this week, but there can only be one winner, uh, one person who really brought it. And, you know, honestly, I learned a lot this week. I, I learned about pentagrams. I, I learned about Easy E. I, I learned about the Stall House. But you know what? I think for the first time, somebody has picked a movie for this podcast right here in Corrections and Omissions without actually saying, do this movie. And I believe that is Batzaro. Batzaro, you are our winner. And you get this amazing song from Caleb Gillo. Hit it. You win. Thank you, Caleb. Awesome song. Remember, if you want to submit your movie tagline or chime in with your own thoughts about the latest episode, hit up the Discord at discord.gg slash hdtgm or call us at 619-PAUL-ASK. Coming up, Jason and I will answer listener phone calls and chat about forgotten TV shows and how we remember them. All right, stick around. Today's podcast is brought to you by... Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places. And I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Cap'n Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love 
my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new Cinnamon Crunch now at a retailer near you and learn more at CaptainCrunch.com. Welcome back. You've noticed that every Monday, How Did This Get Made? We are re-releasing older episodes. We like to put them back in the rotation. Um, this week's Matinee Monday was Cellular with Ike Barinholtz and Aaron Gibson. This week, we are going to honor the news that the original Country Bear Jamboree show in the Magic Kingdom is finally going to be replaced. Now that, I don't think it's full news because I know it's pretty much closed everywhere else. It's not in LA. We went to go see the holiday show, but I dragged my dad when we were in Tokyo to go see the Country Bear Jamboree in uh, Tokyo Disneyland or World or whatever they call it there. And it was awesome, but they're replacing it. And so, you know what? We're going to celebrate these Country Bears a little bit more as we re-release our episode on the Country Bears with Kulap Vilesak. So, Keep on checking out our old episodes every single Monday. And also check out Kulop's show, Add to Cart, which I love. You know, it's coming up Christmas, December. Well, not that much. But I will come back on that show to give my ultimate Christmas list. I got to get thinking. Anyway, let's get into just a little bit of chat. Me and Jason, we're going to answer some phone calls. We really get off track very quickly. Um, we go down rabbit holes. We're talking about old sitcoms, and honestly, I feel like this is a mini podcast right here. Oh, I also want to just say to this, um, would anyone be interested in June and I doing a Survivor recap podcast, like in the How Did This Get Made feed? I don't think we're going to launch a brand new podcast, but I kind of want to do it. June and I are a little bit obsessed with it. I feel like we should. I don't know if that's against strike rules. I got to figure it out. Anyway, Anton Wellen, you don't have to worry about any of that. All you have to worry about is creating a theme for Just Chat, and here it is. Paul and Jason have things to say, and it's a fact that we can all call in. Just Chat. Thank you, Anton. All right, Jason, let's go to the phones oh yeah coming at you w-h-t-d-g-m <laughs> the caller's on the line uh, get him on get him on who are you where are you calling from zooks of the sheer man this is eddie from la Mirada. a little bit of trivia about switch there was a bizarre tv commercial where they just cut in the name jimmy smith at the end not starring jimmy smith not with jimmy smith Look it up. It became a running joke on Mystery Science Theater 3000 for years. Anytime a character said Switch, they had to say Jimmy Smith. So I think it's on YouTube if you look it up. Switch commercial number three. Very funny stuff. I think you'll enjoy. Thanks for the show. Love it. Bye. All right. Let's take a look. After Steve died, God sent him back as a woman. It's okay. To make him a better man. Now he's putting aside male pride. Can't think with all this hair. And seeing life from the other side. Morning. Whoa! Morning! Ellen Barkin. Unbelievable. In Blake Edwards' new comedy, Switch, Jimmy Smith's Rated R. <laughs> now playing at a theater near you. <laughs> That's that funny. Was, you know what? I that's didn't gotta know that be was because, gonna pay off. That's got to be because it was he popular at the time? Was NYPD Blue on at the time? Like, was this a? I think this is way before. It is that. before that. So, like, is is Jimmy Smith's like 
Is Jimmy Smith the second lead of the movie? I guess he is. Well, I think what it is is they had to say Ellen Bark like they had to billboard yes. Ellen Barkin yes. in the VO, but they only had like a 30 second spot, so they have to like Jimmy Smith jam it. Jimmy Smith. That's <laughs> they funny. don't even say all like I have a feeling it was also like and Jimmy Smith. Yes, but, but they, and... they needed the end. Yeah, they needed yeah, like... to cut the end, rather. <laughs> That's funny. Let me hear it one more time, Scott, because it's too good. I just need to hear it one more time. Ellen Barkin. Unbelievable. In Blake Edwards' new comedy, Switch, Jimmy Smith's Rated R. <laughs> now playing at a theater near you. It's almost, it's funny because it's like, they, when Jimmy, it's when Jimmy Smith comes on screen. It's almost like we need to identify the man on screen. Right. Like, <laughs> Right, it's, Jimmy Smiths. <laughs> but it doesn't even sound like he's saying, and Jimmy Smith. No, it doesn't even yeah. have like, it's like, you know, starring Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smith. Like, and doesn't even feel like it would take that I agree. long. I agree. It's just Jimmy Smith. It's it's pretty weird. Uh, that's funny. I like, uh, what's your, because it sounds like this is a recurring Mystery Science Theater 3000 joke. Well, yes, and that's something I did not know. Uh, I didn't know that either, and I was. It led to me wanting to ask you: What is your? How much of Mystery Science Theater three thousand did you consume? Because I feel like I, I, it, I, I hit it a little bit, and I watched some of it, but then I didn't stick with it and become the diehard fan that I know a lot of people. A lot of people we know are obsessed with that show and are, you know, feel very connected to it. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, I feel exactly the same way, but I did like it. Every time yeah. I saw it, I liked it and I thought it was really funny and I recorded them and I thought like, I actually liked the middle pieces more than the movie parts. Like I oh, like, yeah. I like those yeah, yeah, characters, yeah. you know? Yep. Like the sketches and all that stuff. But then once we started doing this, I've really, I've stayed away from it only because not There's that so it, much overlap and yeah. so much. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. Were you like a fan of Comedy Channel or Ha? Like that? Like, that's I didn't where have I, them. Okay. That's so where it, I yeah. first started watching it as, was on those channels. Like there was a late night talk show called yeah. like Night After Night with Alan Havey. And that was like my, that was my thing. I liked all the, the new shows. Like the, yeah. with Judy Tenuta's hosting something or like this. And then Mystery Science Theater felt like, oh, well, this is old stuff. I want to watch We didn't new get stuff. cable because those oh, are all wow. cable channels. Right. So we didn't get cable until I was like in college, I feel like. So um, I didn't have access. I didn't grow up with a TV that you could throw on, you know, uh, TNT and they'd be showing Air Force One and you'd just watch it. Okay. You know, I yeah. had like a TV where you turned on like channel 38 and at four o'clock in the afternoon, they were playing like old I Love Lucy episodes and then this, Harold and Maude. This <laughs> reminds me of my my week away with my family oh. in Maine oh, because yeah. I was used to cable and we went up there and the same thing. I was like, oh, we have to watch Beretta. Yeah. Like and and it felt like. What? Oh yeah, Beretta Rockford Files. Yes, like I th this was and this was what you was on after. Like I would come home from school, I would walk home from school, I would turn on channel thirty eight and watch reruns of Mash. Oh, as of, a child, I mean, as like a nine year old. Oh, coming home for me, it was. I mean, these are more kid shows, but it was always like a mix of Three's Company, yeah, uh, different strokes, uh, Happy Days, a lot of Happy Days. Mash, Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. But then for me, there would also be mixed in like a bunch of like old black and white shows as well. Oh, the I Love Lucy's 
And Leave It to Beaver, exactly. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, like, the family block would include Leave It to Beaver and the Brady Bunch. and You know what I mean? All of them uh, would be clustered together. Um, yes. And you yeah. would, and I watched a lot of MASH, and I hated MASH. Oh, I hate, like, MASH to I me. I loved it. I see, loved like, MASH. <laughs> like, MASH to me was, like, this is not for me. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. the show with the kid and the train. Like, like I, I was so angry with it. I want what's happening. Like, Ugh. I was angry yeah. at Mash. Always angry at Mash. And maybe it was because my my grandparents liked Mash, so we were forced to watch it. Like, I yeah, was yeah, like, I it was it. not my choice. Oh, that's funny. But I've I've grown to I've grown to like Mash. Uh, what my favorite and, thing is, and I'm I wonder if it's out there, and I'm sure somebody will point us to a file folder that I will never click on or something. But, you know, MASH was shot single camera and a laugh track was added afterwards to the show. Right. So in America, the show MASH plays with a laugh track. Everywhere else the show MASH aired, the laugh track was not put in. Whoa. So there is a single camera version of that show without the laugh track that exists somewhere, I assume. Because that laugh track was really. Oh, yeah weird very jarring Um, because it's all canned it's all just like piped in but every half hour show to me had a laugh track like it was something that i knew by the way i got into this conversation last week on the twitch show by myself with molly um we were talking about this episode of too close for comfort okay that i remembered does this ring a bell to you? Too close for comfort. If you don't remember, uh, uh, Ted Knight from Caddyshack, he was a cartoonist that kind of wrote um, a, a cartoon that I would imagine is similar to like Snoopy. It was called Cosmic Cow. He had two young, uh, very vivacious daughters, and uh, and a neighbor and a guy... played by Jim J. Bullock, who yes. was the psychic in the episode that we just recently did of, of uh, Switch. Switch. Uh, yes, uh, he was the switch, the psychic switch. Jim J. Bullock uh, often on Hollywood Squares. Uh, Jim J. Bullock, who at the time on Too Close for Comfort was uh, J.M. J. Bullock. No Jim, just J.M. So I remember this episode. Oh, can I very briefly, just because you and I are connected to it. You and um, Adam Scott and uh, some folks yes, used to do yes, used to yes. do a, an Adult Swim series of specials where you recreated shot for shot the opening title sequences of a, like nineteen eighties sitcoms. Were they all eighties? We did Simon and Simon's, Simon. Yeah, that's the one I remember. Uh, I was in close, yes. the Too Close for Comfort one with with uh, John Glazer. Yeah, and Catherine Hahn and Chelsea Peretti. Um, yes. Catherine. Um, from SCTV we, and Schitt's Creek. Yes, What's Catherine her name? O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Jesus Christ. It was an amazing cast. And it was incredible. We did, we did four of these specials called The Greatest Show in the History of the World. That's what it was Hosted called. by Jeff Probst. And they actually are still available to be seen uh, if you just type in The Greatest Show in the History of the World. They're very funny. Uh, oh, yeah. It was like they were like 12 minute long adult swim late night like yeah. the kind of specials you would stumble on and be like, what on earth is this? It was so much fun to do because they just let us do whatever we wanted. We did uh, Simon and Simon, Too Close for Comfort, and I'm now I'm, oh, Bosom Buddies. Oh, and, that's a good one. Um, gosh, I can't remember the fourth one. Yeah. Uh, but each episode we would kind of recreate everything. But Too Close for Comfort was, oh, Heart to Heart was the fourth one. Oh, that's a great um, one. I, I always loved Too Close for Comfort. It was one of those shows that, 
like you said, was just in this pack of things that I would watch. That one with the, also the show with the girl when uh, her dad was an alien and when she put her two fingers together, she would freeze time. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like all um, these weird. What I was guess that called? Was didn't she talk to the guy on a bedside? Yes. Like he was um, in talk, a little but Amazon. Like a crystal, a crystal yes. talk box or something. Yes, he was like on an Amazon Echo or something like that. <laughs> Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or, or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash bonkers. That's simplysafe.com slash bonkers. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I was traveling with my kids. We stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack. And my kids said, Mom said we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me. But I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I don't ever like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry, and they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. And there was like another show called Double Trouble. Oh, I was in love with the oh. Double Trouble twins, full Same. stop. Like Same. Like, fir- maybe one of my first, like, legitimate, I have a crush, was on the Double Trouble twins, and then, as we've talked about before, Michelle Pfeiffer in Lady Hawk. I mean, like, these, I mean, and a lot of the times, like, I think my first crushes were all these, like, young girls on these shows, yeah. like, whether it was Charles in Charge or anything like sure, that. And sure. these shows, oh, yeah. Double Trouble, by the way, like, if you 
you know, I felt like that show was on forever. It was on for like one season. Oh yeah. You know, uh Well no, didn't they didn't it wasn't it one season oh. and then they moved to like the city for the second season or something well, this, like there was some redo of the show or something. I they feel would like. redo all these shows yeah, like they yes, would. you're right. They would like all of a sudden take them out of their spot and and you know, we were talking about this uh <laughs> we were talking about this on the show because I had a distinct memory that on Too Close for Comfort, there was an episode where Jim J. Bullock gets raped um, huh. by uh, two women. Oh. And and wow. I okay. Googled it. I Googled it really quickly. And I found the episode listing of that episode um, where he gets raped by these two women who are Ooh. just super horny and they want to fuck, but uh, one of the women was a very wow. tall man in a wig. Uh, what? Yes, because they were trying to show how they, I guess, you know, really manhandled Jim Jay because they threw him in the back of a van. They threw him back in the house and then they put him in a tub full of Jello. And it's played. It's played up for comedy. I was like, just gonna say, was this played for laughs or oh, was this a special yeah. episode? Well, it's tricky to do a special episode where, like, you're you're going for jokes, but then oddly, yeah. as we were watching the episode back, like Ted Knight is kind of like a woke knight. He's very much oh. on the right side of like, no, we can't make fun of this. We got to go to the police. This is not funny. And oh, he, oh, he was oh, so it's a very like he was oh my doing the like he was moving the right way. Everyone else is making fun of Monroe. Um, and so I remembered at the end, I was like, okay, I remember that, that he, that he goes to confront them. And I was right. He does decide. Ted Knight Knight decides that the cops won't arrest these women. So they must, uh, do vigilante justice. So they have to go in the streets and find these women and then bring them to justice. I mean, this is an episode. It's like where Ted Knight becomes Batman. When Ted Knight becomes the dark Knight. This is truly what is going on. So they the, the, bring the him... Ted Knight returns. <laughs> please make that poster. Uh, and 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 so and, what? T- they... And please make Ted Knight's uh, the Batman costume in the style of the cow that is the in the comic cow. Strip. Yes, the cosmic oh, well, cow. Now. Thank you. This will just be something for me and Jason to look at and enjoy. Um, so yeah, when we're he not does... going to make a T-shirt out of this. <laughs> so when he finally gets to confront the women. Uh, they find out where they live. Um, the women pull him into the room, throw him into a chair, and start grinding on him. Like, <laughs> you're going to give it to us. You're going to give it to us. Like, like give it to us. And then uh, Ted Knight's so afraid that he runs and jumps in like a Murphy bed and then closes the Murphy bed <laughs> to escape uh, the women. And luckily, he does not, uh, he does not get uh, sexually assaulted. <laughs> Oh my god. The cops do come and That's incredible uh, stuff. <laughs> I would um, like a YouTube channel that is just all of these like wild 80s sitcom episodes. Like the ones that are truly atypical to the rest of the series because they take one big crazy swing or some well, either think- it's a message episode or it's a particularly strange storyline they decide to try and pursue cuz they used to just do Almost flights of fancy kind of like, well, now in this episode, this happens, you know? Right. Well, I, I was saying that the, some of these things burned into my head. We 
you know, this episode, this Monroe episode is impossible to find. We actually played the whole thing on the Twitch stream because someone wow. had it, sent it to us, and yeah. then we were able to play it and, and watch it in real time. But do you remember, like, Different Strokes was the show that really messed me up because... Oh, the Child Molester Bike Shop cartoon? That one, that yeah. one was a mess, messed me up, but the one that got me in my gut was Sam was the young kid on that show, the redhead kid that they brought in after, like, Willis and Kimberly yeah. were too old, right? They brought in a young kid. Hoyt Axton, the dad from Gremlins, was his uh, stepfather. Oh, I don't know that I, don't know that oh. I remember this. Okay, got Okay, it. so basically Mr. Drummond gets remarried to a, a younger woman who has a kid. Um, the, the long story short is huh. Sam is at a bodega in New York, in New York, and he's, like, trying to find the best bag of Doritos. And uh, he's squeezing different bags of Doritos, and um, and this guy's like, "Oh, you want to? You want some good Doritos? Come with me." Oh boy! And then kidnaps Sam, oh, and no. what you find out is they bring him to his house in upstate oh, New York. Wait a and minute! They... I ha- I do remember this episode okay. because it ends with Jim Caviezel coming and saving him <laughs> from the <laughs> child traffickers. <laughs> Caviezel yeah. saves the day. And, and then they decided to like branch it out into a longer form film. And, th- and that's what I love about Hollywood. It's always <laughs> um, the thing that sticks out to me in that episode is they bring up to the house and they just don't kidnap him. They go, our son died. Oh, you wow. are now our son. I love it. And your name isn't Sam anymore. I love it. It's Chuck. You awesome. are now Chuck. And like and he's like living in this house and the mama's like, Chuck, come here. And he's like, Yes, mama. And it's like and they he'd be freaking out too because he doesn't want to like he's this trying is, to play the game. What's amazing is it sounds like you're describing to me an episode of like SVU. Yeah. Like a I know. like a law and order, like grim kind of I can't believe we're watching this horrible thing happen to a child, blah blah blah. And instead it's an episode of different strokes different strokes and it's like and it was so upsetting like because i I think that that was the thing that would that really burned in my head like oh he had to pretend to be a different kid and when you're a kid that is like wait is this can this happen to me yes and then what what a wildly irresponsible thing to show on a show aimed at children like i don't know you might be at the store somebody might grab you and force you to, into being a different kid, <laughs> With, and, and that and that was like, and that's why I look at the Monroe episode oh, of Too Close yeah. for Comfort, and I'm also equally confused because I get it. Like on Blossom, you want to do a show about oh bulimia, or you want to do a kidnapping show in Different Strokes because these are shows for kids where kids can learn a lesson. Hey, that bike shop sure. owner has pornography. That's yes. bad. You got to tell your parents. Like these are things that we need. Like don't do drugs. But yes. too close for comfort. These are legitimate social mes- messages that should be delivered to children. Right. But too close for comfort is kind of like an adult show. <laughs> yeah. It was like a 9930 show. Yes, where it's like that's not a special episode to have Monroe who yeah. was, you know, pushing his mid 20s there oh, going through if the not story. older. Yeah. If not older. Right. This was but, an adult man. What is the what is this story? <laughs> and that's the thing that's so bizarre. It's like what like huh. why did they feel like they wanted to tell that story? I don't know. TV I would just know. like the people just were like, I don't know. Let's what about this? You know, it just it felt like more was just possible. In terms so of right. we got to make 26 of these a year. 
I mean, and look, we were making shows where a dad like worked in a factory and made a robot and adopted her as a daughter. Oh. Like that, the conceit of Small Wonder is at its core so, so weird. Fucked so fucked up. Like how, like that's a perfect example of a show that in its, from the ground up is chilling and bizarre and is fully unexamined. <laughs> it is really, I mean, and- and it was just like, well, buy into this premise just to get you into this world. Like, and that was it. Like, yes. we just, and that was, and the idea was like, oh, yeah, it's like, there was, it's a family to- sitcom. It's a family sitcom, just like the Hogan's and just like all these other ones, except one of the kids, uh, just like Alf, except one of the kids is a robot. Don't worry about it. And then, and then on the flip side of it, they would also, just jettison things that did not work. It's like, yeah. okay, Charles in charge. We think that this family's too old. Let's bring in hot Get girls instead. Yep. Yeah, they brought in hot girls. It's like that yeah. was the thing. Like, or like when was... Laverne and Shirley like moved from Minneapolis to Los Angeles, I forgot and just about lived that. in lived in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm looking at Double Trouble. They also did that too. They got rid of the parents. Yes. And they oh yeah. And they had the, 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 the short haired um, aunt. Is she their aunt? Yes. Who yes, they live she... in a New York City apartment with or a building yep. with? Yeah. Barbara Barry. Yes. Uh, I love Barbara Barry. Oh my gosh. She was also, uh, I guess, uh, the uh, the wife of Barney Miller. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I forget that. Yeah. But I mean, these shows, it's so funny to go back and watch them because it's like, it's like what our memory of, a, like, I, I want to go back and now watch that Sam episode too, because it's like, but these images are burnt in my brain. It's like, yes. it's, I guess it was effective. I mean, I guess what we're saying is, uh, well, you know, you know, I will say too, and, and people have to remember this, which I think a lot of our listeners won't really understand, which is a lot of these TV shows and especially the episodes we're talking about of these TV shows we maybe only had one opportunity to see it, if not maybe two, right. if the episode replayed in the summer. We didn't grow up in an environment where we could re-watch seasons of a favorite show. Or if if you were a fan of Too Close for Comfort or Magnum or any of the shows of yeah. that era, if you didn't see it the, when it aired, you missed that episode. You you There was no way to rent it, watch it. The TV shows weren't on VHS. There was nothing, there was no way to rewatch stuff. So stuff got not just imprinted in your memory, but then you would go over it and talk about it with your friends. Right. And there was there was a way in which you would lock it in by by the by creating the lore around it communally, not just from rewatching it obsessively yourself, right? You know, because you couldn't, you couldn't do you it. You didn't not, have you, access. You know. Well, then let me bring you this one, uh, one episode to you that I also remember. Do you remember a show where a guy? I want to say it was Matthew Perry. I don't think it is Matthew Perry. It's way before Friends. Um, he he dies in a car accident, and the opening theme song was like he steps on a dial. And if one path lights up, you go to hell. And if one path lights up, you go to heaven. And when he stepped on that dial, both paths lit up. So he got a chance to go back and try to correct his childhood version of himself. Like, I love these shows. I got into these shows. Super high concept. Super high high concept. concept. I mean, it's. So... I don't remember that. Did you ever figure out what it was? No, I'm trying to remember. I'm look. I'm looking into okay, it. Okay, because I mean, that, I've yeah. been trying to remember a TV show for years that I cannot find any evidence of, and um, 
And I'm going to put it out to the fans now because somebody will remember. Yeah. It. So these are not the correct pieces of information. Okay. But I in my this. mind, they are. In my mind, the show starred Michael Pere. It did not. Okay. I've okay. looked at his through his okay. entire discography or filmography yeah. rather. Um, but it must have been a Michael Perry type guy. Got it. And it was like a dramatic one hour. And it was almost like 21 Jump Street, except grittier in that it was young people, but they were in the service of like, um, they were a gang, but in, but they helped solve crimes. I think it wasn't whiz kids to be okay. clear. All right, this is good. I like this idea. Um, it was like very street level, and it was very like um, warriors is w- what I keep coming back to, like the the movie warriors, right, 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 it, it, like punks and like bad kid. Like it was a lot of like fights and rumbles and stuff. It almost felt like it was like a fifties show, but it, I don't think it was. I don't remember I any of you this. Wouldn't specifics. be called the redhead gang or the I don't red think hand so. gang. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe. Why? Is Each that, episode what, was an exciting tale about various adventures and escapades that the gang encountered, from cops maybe. and robbers to strange Ooh. creepy folks. Ooh, that sounds but, great, though. What is I it? Mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it may be too game. old. It's uh, it's from... Uh, this is, red... like, from the mid-'80s. Okay, this is 77. No, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think so. Although that sounds rad. The Redhead... Sorry, the Red Hand Gang... Yeah, I'm All looking right. at it now. It's not, I don't think it's that. Although okay. This does look fun. I mean, there's a chimpanzee involved in that oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, this was a deadly serious okay. show. This was All like right. a moody, noir y kind of uh, vibe. I like but this. Let's, let's throw this down let's to the. Let's throw it to the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a new segment we're doing called Shows That Paul and Jason Have Forgotten. Help us remember. But by the way, I'm going to tell you, I did this once on an episode and they helped me find. A movie oh, that yeah. I was obsessed with as a kid. Which? Was, and I, um, all right, so now I know all the details. It's a Jennifer Connolly comedy, and it's called Seven Minutes in Heaven. Love it. And, love that movie. Right? Isn't that a great movie? I, I loved that movie. Paul, I loved, I loved that movie. Wait, it's did you rewatch movie. it? I, I bought the DVD, yes, and I've been oh. wanting to show it to June because I was able I to. Gotta, I got to rewatch that. I That is a movie I did rent. Yes, me too. I was so obsessed with Seven Minutes in Heaven. I thought that movie was like it felt like, like adult, the, the like quintessence it, of eroticism. Yeah, oh, 100%. a hundred percent. I was like, like <laughs> or not one a of kid, because they're my age. So I yeah, well, like, but age. like one of the girls is like having an affair with a baseball yes. player, and yeah. it's like it's a yeah, oh, I, oh, I, I, there's yeah. another movie I've been trying to think of that I can't remember, and again, I've got it all wrong. Because in my mind, it stars a youngish Jodie Foster and a youngish Josh Charles. Doesn't okay. make sense. Right. It can't be either of them because of the ages. None of it matters. None of it makes sense. But those are the archetypes. And um, it is a summer romance movie. Like one of them is in a summer town and they have like a summer romance and then it all goes sideways. And it's like a heartbreaker. It's like a tearjerker, like rom-com teen romance movie, I think is kind of Ooh, what it was. Anyway, that's the other one that I keep being like, what all was right, that movie? All right, I love movie? it. I, again, we've thrown down I love this. the gauntlet. And all right, we will see what people will come up with. I'm excited for it. Jason, it was great it. talking old sitcoms with you. Uh, home run. Home run. All right. Pleasure. Oh, he's talking about those shows. Man, I, this really, that conversation really set me down a rabbit hole. I've been on a YouTube binge of old sitcoms and they're crazy. I love them. I know it's a crazy, like, oh, they're crazy. No, but like what we took for entertainment, like things have changed. And I almost feel like I want to go back to some of that style of a sitcom. It'd be great. Just embrace like a minute and 20 second opening. 
Too close for comfort? Yeah, get into it. Anyway, um, call us anytime. Me and Jason are here to answer your questions. 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-Paul-Ask. Now that we got the first power out of the way, let's talk about next week's movie. We are going from Lou Diamond to Neil Diamond. That's right. Next week, we are watching the 1973 film adaptation of the best-selling book, Jonathan Livingston Siegel, with an original soundtrack written and recorded by the one, the only, Neil Diamond. Okay. This movie is bonkers. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to like this movie at all. It's going to be a pain to get through, but I think it's one of the best movies we've ever done. It's insane. It is is an art piece. It's crazy. Um, What's the plot? Nonconformist sequel, Jonathan is tired of his boring life and experiments uh, with a brand new flying technique. But when the elders expel him from his clan, he decides to explore his newfound freedom. And yes, this movie is made entirely of real life sequel footage with human actors voicing the sequels. Yes. And animals were armed in this movie. Uh, we know. We know it has to be true. Um Rotten Tomatoes gives this film an 8% score on Tomato Meter. Roger Ebert walked out of the screening after 45 minutes, making it one of the only four films he ever walked out on. Normally, this is when I would play you a quick trailer of the movie, but the trailer is literally just footage of seagulls set to a Neil Diamond song, so I thought instead I'd give you a little peek behind the curtain of a How Did This Get Made live show. What you don't normally hear on the podcast is that I play the trailer of the movie for the audience before we start the show, and we'll take a listen to how the audience reacted to watching this trailer. We're not recording yet, all right? But it seems to me like you want to watch more of it. So let's take a look at the trailer for Jonathan Livingston's Eagle. Okay, the trailer actually continues for over two more minutes. And then when it was over, I decided if they didn't like it that much, we needed to play it again. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. You know what? We actually did have a small technical difficulty. Let's play it again. shit you guys are already the best audience we haven't even started yet i love it i love new york anyway we are almost to the end of this episode but before we go check out this bonus scene from our first power show where we discuss other actors who we'd like to cast in the movie's lead roles what's your name i'm elena um i so the killer in the movie was uh i don't know if people know this that uh 
Nick Cave, the Australian goth rocker, auditioned for this role, uh, which would have been amazing. And I'm wondering what other, like if this movie was recast, who would you cast? I have a vote for uh, Joe Firestone as the... um, As the psychic test? No, the lady the the and the bag lady. This, that's just curly hair. I you like just, You just want a different curly hair to be in that well, part. Well, look, I'm already saying that I believe that one of the shirts in contention should be Bosch on the first power poster. Oh, it would be great. And I feel like that we should just get that out there. But also imagine how good this movie would have been. Again, this always works. It works every single time. Instead of Lou Diamond Phillips, who I think is fantastic as an actor, but instead it's Nicolas Cage. The movie is just absolutely riveting. Nicolas Cage going toe-to-toe with Jeff Cohort? That would be incredible. So I I actually have an important recast for Tess. Okay. And I think this would have changed everything. Meg Ryan. Right. Because I think you needed someone who was a little bit more kind of flighty, a little bit more all over the place, a little bit more charming, and... Yeah, I just think my... All right, can well, I throw... Jim, if you say that, I'm going to say Dennis Quaid as Lou Diamond Phillips, but then I'm going to go, let's go one step further and go Billy Crystal. <laughs> Billy Crystal is you a great me. homicide detective. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, that is it for the show. Please remember to rate and review. It helps. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, make sure you are following us. Visit us on social media at HDTGM. And a big thanks to our producers, Scott Sani, Molly Reynolds, our movie-picking producer, Avril Halley, our engineers, Casey Holford, and Rich Garcia, and Jess Cisneros, who makes our amazing social media videos. We'll see you next week for, and I apologize in advance, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Hey,